you for that, kids, and uh, always, uh, always entertaining, uh, that's for sure, and uh, I like to do this too, like when I'm up preaching, just wave at people and say, hey, hey Amy, how are you? Uh, I'm up here, uh, and, uh, and so we're going to be in Jeremiah chapter number six uh, tonight, and <clears throat> continuing with our thoughts from Jeremiah chapter number six about the crossroads, and then tonight we're going to go from the crossroads to the crucible. Right, the crossroads to the crucible, uh, the crucible uh, being a container um, of metal or some sort of metal uh, that's used to uh, heat substances to, uh, to great temperatures. And uh, so uh, you think about uh, what we read about at the end uh, of this passage, uh, that would be called a crucible. Could also be, uh, you know, not in this passage, but an application to something that's very hard to bear, a very difficult trial, a crucible. Of course, uh, we think of crucifix, uh, a crucified life. Uh, there's much about our life where God tests us, improves us, uh, and uh, it's not that um, you should take every little thing that comes your way as a test of God, like, you know, uh, it's just God tested me. Uh, it could, you know, it, it could very well be, but I just don't go through every single moment of my day wondering uh, if, uh, if that is the case. Uh, however, when he does, I want to, I want to do right. I want, uh, I want to uh, pass those tests. And so uh, there's a lot of big ones. We know that, uh, that God is bringing us through. And when we recognize that God's never doing anything to us, he's doing it for us. Uh, even when we feel like it's something that's too hard for us to bear, it's not. It's not that God won't, the, the phrase is, God won't give us anything uh, so hard that we can't handle it. Uh, it's not necessarily true. Uh, he gives us things that we can't handle so that we can go to him, uh, that we can trust him, we can place our faith in him. If, if God gave us you know, stuff that we can handle on our own all the time, we wouldn't depend on him. Uh, if you're like me, uh, we'd go the total opposite. Uh, we'd try to be self-sustaining, uh, try to make our, get our way or make our way or get through every single difficulty uh, without prayer. In fact, I've even caught myself uh, this week uh, just saying to someone, well, uh, who, you know, they're struggling with stuff or with, uh, with difficulties in life. I say, well, you know, you can always pray. And it seems like the advice was a last resort. Uh, saying like, okay, well, well, now you should pray, or at least you can pray. When prayer needs to be the first thing we do, uh, we shouldn't, you know, go to any decision that's a, especially a major one uh, without uh, spending a season in prayer, uh, fasting if necessary, uh, and, uh, and, and just getting a hold of God uh, and getting some direction. Uh, but you can ask God uh, about uh, a decision, uh, but when God answers you, it isn't going to be in uh, some weird, you know, mystical, magical way, as I, I kid about bird feeders and rainbows and stuff like that. It's through the Word of God. You get in your Bible, uh, and it's the living Word of God. God will give you an answer uh, through it and through His Spirit. And so someone who's not in their Bible uh, is really having a one-way conversation with God, and it's usually God, gimme, 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 uh, and, uh, and not uh, listening to the voice of God uh, through His Word. So we're going to begin reading our text from verse number 26 down to verse number 30, but then we're going to go back uh, in kind of a brief review and then get into uh, a couple of uh, points or thoughts here uh, at the end. But the Bible reads, and you can remain seated, Jeremiah chapter number 6, verse number 26, O daughter of my people, gird thee with sackcloth and wallow thyself in ashes. 
Make thee mourning for as, excuse me, as for an only son, most bitter lamentation for the spoiler shall suddenly come upon us. I have set thee for a tower and a fortress among my people that thou mayest know and try their way. They are all grievous revolters, walking with slanders. They are brass and iron, they are all corruptors. The bellows are burned, the lead is consumed of the fire. The founder melteth in vain, for the wicked are not plucked away. Reprobate silver shall men call them, because the Lord hath rejected them. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless this message tonight, please, in Jesus' name, amen. So we started this morning looking at uh, this these crossroads that we have in our life. And it could be uh, any number of things, uh, big decisions, yes. Uh, we think about the analogy of America and the direction our country is going. You get to a fork in the road. You've got to go one way uh, or the other. Uh, and, uh, and it's not, uh, back in the old days, uh, like, you know, 10, 20 years ago, uh, you didn't have uh, the benefits of Siri or uh, GPS or things that you could really rely upon. How, how many of you remember uh, people following GPS off of cliffs uh, and uh, into the middle of nowhere and lost? And, and you can, I even do this now. I, I rely so much upon turn left, turn right, whatever, uh, as I'm going places. If, if it broke on the way there, I wouldn't know how to get back. Uh, and because uh, they talked me all the way in uh, and I can't get out. And so turn left here, turn right. When I was over in uh, in uh, South Korea with Brother Neil, uh, as we're making our way through Daegu, uh, he had his GPS going, uh, and he had it set to boy band. Uh, and, uh, and so it go, turn left, <laughs> you know, turn right. And so we just had a great time listening to his GPS uh, over there in South Korea. But you didn't have that. So you get to the fork in the road, you go right or left, and, and uh, you can go a long way before you realize uh, that perhaps you've taken uh, the wrong turn. Uh, or if you imagine, uh, whether it was on cartoons or whatever, you get to that fork in the road and you got this town, this way, this, all those little arrows that are going and somebody spun them uh, and mess with them a little bit uh, and you have no idea uh, what is going to happen. So a crossroad can mean many things. In this application, uh, it is about worship. It is the fact that they, uh, the children of Israel, were offering to God uh, worship that wasn't acceptable to him. Uh, there are many illustrations about them snuffing at it, even his own people, priests that wouldn't light candles. People did everything for what they could get out of it. And here we find them not only worshiping unacceptably, uh, but doing so lavishly, uh, having brought in even uh, spices and ointments and perfumes and things, incense uh, from foreign lands in order to do their false worship better. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and lavishly, uh, and that's how they were. Uh, the Bible says, woe to them that are east in Zion. Uh, they thought that, that the hand of God and the judgment of God was so far off in the future uh, that they could just uh, eat, drink, and be merry. Uh, the Bible says that the children of Israel boasted of it. Uh, they were relaxed, paraphrasing. They uh, were drinking. Uh, they were on beds of ivory, drinking wine uh, from bowls, uh, really talking about the gluttony and the relaxation, the ease, the apathy, the indolence uh, of the children of Israel. So when we look at that, we think, well, what, what, are they, what were they thinking? 
And they had it so good. I mean, God, they, saw, they had the presence of God, the hand of God. They saw miracles uh, like crazy. God was with them uh, in a, a, a cloudy pillar, in a, in a pillar of fire. Uh, it, was, it was just God was there and very present. Uh, but God is present in our life. Uh, God uh, performs miracles in our life. And we really treat God the same way, thinking that, uh, you know, we know the Lord's going to come back. Uh, but uh, part of it, I think, is um, we get caught up in prophecy and end time stuff, what's going to happen. We think that the rapture could take place at any time, but we think like it's not going to. So we feel like we have time. We, we, can, we can live it up. We can, we can commit to God uh, later on. When I am uh, you know, done with this uh, part of my life, uh, then I can serve God. Uh, there may be people in the room thinking, well, uh, when, you know, I'm going to, I got to get this uh, further along to my pension uh, and then I can retire and then I can, then I can give more time uh, to the church. You know what? Uh, 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 we, uh, one of our men volunteered for doing some work and things around here and I'm super grateful for it. Uh, but if all the people who said one day when I retire, uh, I'll serve God more uh, would, uh, would do that, uh, every local church would never be wanting uh, for stuff to get done. Are you following me? Uh, but we get, there's always something. You know, uh, there's always a task. There's always a project. There's always activities. There's things that are going to get in the way our whole life. Some people say, well, uh, when I, uh, you know, I get out of debt, uh, then I'll serve God. Uh, and uh, they've spent their entire life in debt. Uh, and, uh, and maybe, just maybe, they just might be, you know, uh, causing that uh, <laughs> to postpone it uh, even a little bit further. And, but who knows? So a crossroad uh, could be anything, uh, but for them, it was, do you worship God from the word of God? That's what the old paths, the old paths were scriptures. The, the old way, the good way uh, was God. Uh, and so the old paths deal with obedience. Obedience to the word of God uh, instead of uh, a, uh, a bent to do worship the way that we want to and the way that we feel that it should be done uh, in a way that we feel the God uh, that we've curated in our mind would accept it. Uh, and I've, I've, heard, I've heard everything uh, under the sun uh, from, from Christians about worship uh, that's disobedient worship. Uh, and and we, um, I'm thankful that God is a gracious God I'm thankful that he, he gives us mercy. I'm thankful that, uh, that we can be, even in our sincerity uh, and, uh, and being sincerely wrong, God is loving and kind to us uh, and he knows our frame. Uh, but when we know to do right and then don't do it, or we choose to offer to God worship that we know is not acceptable, and you can, uh, we can uh, spend an entire week of messages uh, on methods and in, uh, in, in different things from worship and music and all that kind of stuff, uh, we would all agree at some point um, music is, uh, that, that is presented to God um, at some point is super unacceptable to God. We might draw the line in different places, uh, but if you think somebody who uh, is singing to God uh, and uh, in their mind and it's something that is just, you know, crazy... Uh, that, uh, that God is okay with it. Um, uh, it just, we can't, we can't draw that conclusion. Uh, God is a holy, holy God, uh, thrice holy God, 
And so we have to offer the music is to him, it's for him. Uh, and, uh, and I've had uh, over the course and will, uh, I guess probably if the Lord tarries uh, and I'm in ministry for a long time, uh, there'll be churches. Uh, the numbers of people would fill churches of folks that have come to Berean Baptist Church and left Berean Baptist Church because they didn't like to sing hymns. Uh, and uh, because they think uh, the music uh, is supposed to bring them enjoyment uh, and, uh, and not them uh, serving the Lord uh, in worship. So uh, at some point, um, you know, uh, we, we cross the line in pretty much everything that we would argue about gray areas uh, in that we would differ. Uh, at some point, we could give uh, an illustration, illustration to finally somebody goes, okay, well, yeah, that crosses the line. Uh, but uh, I would dare to say uh, that the line is a whole lot further the other way uh, than we would like to uh, admit. So the old pass is in obedience to God's word. It's proper worship for them. Uh, it, was, it was you offer this animal uh, this way, this day, with this in your heart. Are you following me? They had, there were a lot of rules and standards. You think it's hard being a Christian uh, in 2021. You try serving God under that type of a worship uh, setting, uh, there's just a lot to remember. We would forget. Uh, we forget what time church starts uh, and, uh, and get here late. Uh, there were a lot more things to follow and to remember uh, back then. So it's, it's uh, proper worship. The Bible, by the way, says that we can offer prayer to God that's an abomination to Him. Uh, the sacrifices that we can give to God uh, are an abomination to Him. Uh, he, he refers to them as vain oblations. Uh, there are people uh, who spent all day in church today uh, in their place of worship, serving God their way, uh, and, uh, and it's made God sick. He snuffed at it. Uh, it wasn't acceptable. They say, well, I'm sincere, uh, but isn't, does, isn't it if you're giving it to somebody, isn't it something, shouldn't it be something that he wants or that he accepts? And so if, if, uh, if you, uh, humanly speaking, uh, do something or uh, give something to someone or, uh, or provide some type of a service that they say is unacceptable, well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it again, I wouldn't think. You'd try to remedy it and give them the service or the gift or the thing uh, that they would accept. So the old paths, it's the word of God, it's obedience, it's proper worship, uh, it's, it's reverence, it's piety, uh, it's, uh, it's things that God has ordained. It's his expectations for all saints. Uh, it's tried, it's pleasant, it's profitable. Uh, God wants it. Uh, and, and he's given us so, many, uh, so much information that we can, we can worship him, go to church, uh, and do things the way that God wants. Great examples in the Bible, the greatest being churches that are no longer in existence, churches of Macedonia, places like that. Uh, so uh, we go to the Word of God uh, for that. Uh, but he also says it's a good way. Uh, a good way or a good path, to me, speaks of safety. Of course, we find peace and rest. Uh, it's direct. Uh, it's, it's something that uh, is well-traveled uh, and very uh, apparent. Uh, and um, I, I've, just, I've just not known anybody who has walked the old paths with regret. Uh, they are always thankful that they had made that uh, decision. So uh, the, the worn roads, uh, the, the travel, and by the way, as we get into this here in a second, you cannot, uh, you cannot walk the old paths uh, and the new roads at the same time. Uh, 
You can't do it. Uh, and, uh, and when we think of, uh, you know, a society of concrete, uh, you know, blacktop roads and, uh, and things like that, uh, we have a hard time. If you grew up in the city uh, and you never spend any time uh, in the woods, uh, you know, uh, there are, um, there's a lot of danger. And you, when you find a path and you know that people are using it so well, it's, it's a safe path, uh, that's the one that you get on. Uh, and uh, and, it's, and it's sometimes it's hard to say, but not every, uh, let me say this as a qualifier, not every well-beaten path uh, is a good one. Uh, and, uh, and so he says this is uh, his path uh, and it is a good way. Uh, and you get direction from God. Stand, see, ask, walk in our text. Uh, cautious were they or should have been in their observation of what God expected of them. Uh, and then uh, when they asked questions, Israel, they were always, uh, they're smart Alex. Uh, they'd say, really, ha-, you know, uh, it started all the way back. Hath God said? Uh, and then questioning God from the get-go. Uh, and when God clearly says in his word, we even today uh, try to figure out every workaround, every loophole, every, uh, you know, circumstance uh, that we can uh, that we can skirt uh, what we what we need to do. Uh, situational ethics uh, is the term that people use. Uh, well, abortions uh, murder except for in these situations. That's situ- that's situational ethics. Uh, it's murder every time. Uh, and there are absolutes, moral absolutes from the Word of God, uh, and we need to find out what they are, uh, and then we need to promptly obey. Uh, not just um, think about it. Uh, God, really, he wants immediate obedience from us. Um, we, uh, if you think about, you know, your own children and raising them, perhaps they were going to do something uh, that was dangerous, reach out, touch a hot stove or whatnot. If you said stop or don't, uh, you wanted them to stop or don't right then. Uh, not to go see for themselves or try it out uh, on their own. Uh, we, we want immediate, immediate obedience uh, from our children, uh, and God wants that from us as well. So we find uh, that we can be at a crossroads. But then uh, we find out from verse 27 down to verse number 30, what happens when we choose the wrong path? Remember I said God gives us the opportunity to choose, uh, but there's really, uh, when it comes to this, uh, and when it comes to a lot of the decisions we make in our life, there's only one right choice. And, and we sometimes quickly find out that we've made the wrong choice. Uh, but, uh, but other times it takes a little bit longer. Uh, it takes for, uh, for uh, you know, things to catch up or, uh, or whatever, but we find ourselves in the wrong place. And now uh, there's a testing uh, that God does. Now, uh, with, uh, let's read verse number 27 again. It says, I have set thee, speaking of Jeremiah, for a tower and a fortress among my people that thou mayest know and try their way. Now, um, please don't misunderstand. I am not a prophet. Uh, I'm not an apostle. Whenever you hear somebody say that they're a prophet or they're an apostle, um, they're crazy. That's the more appropriate label uh, for them. Uh, but you'll find all the time, apostle so-and-so. Or, uh, and uh, and it's just, uh, it just isn't uh, the case. I'm not a prophet. I'm a local New Testament church pastor. 
Um, all the, you know, shepherd, under-shepherd, sheepdog, all the ways that I've described uh, myself. Recently preached a message about, uh, you know, on a, I think it was Wednesday night, about the fact that uh, I've got to get in people's business. That's part of, I, I give an account. Uh, I'm to pastor and lead. And I would be irresponsible as a pastor to see you uh, or know that you're doing something uh, that is spiritually dangerous, that's going to bring ruin in your life, uh, and for me not to say something, uh, not, to, not to butt in, uh, to pry, to ask the questions, to show up, to knock on the door, uh, whatever. And there have been plenty of times uh, in my life as a pastor uh, where I have walked in uh, and pulled church members out of taverns and picked them up off the side of the road uh, and sobered them up in, in, in Denny's uh, and time and time and time and time again. Uh, it's part of uh, my responsibility to shepherd. But he says to Jeremiah, I'm putting you uh, in this position to try and to prove what they're doing. And it was really, uh, maybe, maybe Jeremiah uh, had uh, some experience with metallurgy. I don't know. Uh, but he understood exactly what God uh, was saying that he was going to do. And he says, I've set you as a tower and a fortress among my people that thou mayest know uh, and try uh, their way. And so uh, I, as a pastor, make a deal with you, I guess, in, in one respect. Um, I want you to understand and know uh, that I'm not looking for trouble. Uh, but when there is trouble, uh, I am responsible and I'll do my best. I don't, I don't uh, um, uh, meddle in strife that doesn't belong to me. Uh, because a lot of times that doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't bode well, uh, but there are a lot of things that do um, involve me, that involve you, uh, and, uh, and I'll try to kindly, lovingly, tactfully, uh, you know, help you uh, from the Word of God uh, to work you through uh, those problems. And so uh, I pray about it, I think about it, I, I, sometimes I even practice what I'm going to say. I rehearse it in my mind. I think, of, I think, well, if I say it this way, they might respond this way. And if they respond this way, this is what I'm going to say. I've got it all planned out. I've thought about it. I've prayed about it. I've been sick to my stomach about it uh, because it's a crucial conversation, uh, but it's a conversation that has to be had. And so saying all that, I guess part of the deal is to help you help you understand or give me the benefit of the doubt that I'm, you know, I'm just as uncomfortable as you are. Uh, and, uh, and, I, and I really would rather be doing something else uh, than dealing with that circumstance. It isn't that, uh, that I'm bored uh, or uh, I'm just uh, looking to, to cause you problems and grief. Uh, just understand and know uh, that it's, uh, it's something that neither one of us uh, really want to be doing uh, at that moment. Uh, but he says to him uh, that uh, you're now going to put these people uh, through the crucible. Uh, you're going to take their decision uh, and, uh, and try it and prove it uh, and to find out exactly uh, where, uh, where they are uh, and where their decision takes them. So these verses uh, start with God uh, adding uh, uh, metallurgy uh, to Jeremiah's job description. Uh, and uh, he had become... Perhaps some type of uh, a sayer, a tester of metals. Uh, the prophet seems to have known something about the, the, the topic uh, because the verses give a pretty accurate 
prescription or a description rather uh, of, uh, of the smelting practices of the time. Uh, so bronze and iron uh, were clinging to silver. So following God's instructions, uh, Jeremiah took the ore, if you will, and placed it uh, in the crucible uh, and he added lead to the compound and, uh, and on and on. I'm reading this because I have no idea uh, how it all works myself. Uh, and, uh, and this is the kind of testing that he is saying uh, that should be done. So what actually happened uh, in Jeremiah's test? Verse 29, the billows, and by the way, uh, here's what God said. He says, these people are grievous revolters, walking with slanders, they're brass and iron, and they're all corruptors. Um, who is? The ones who don't follow the old paths. The ones who set the word of God aside to worship and to do whatever it is that they feel uh, like they should do. God's, uh, when we say uh, God just doesn't care and God just you know, uh, loves everybody uh, and doesn't think uh, bad thoughts uh, about the things that we do, uh, God has some pretty descriptive words in the word of God uh, for people who make those choices. Uh, and uh, you say, Pastor Eno, sometimes you're just too harsh, or Pastor Eno, you shouldn't uh, call uh, someone uh, a name or whatever, uh, but uh, we find time and time again, you should be more godlike, Pastor. Uh, and, uh, and all I'm saying is, uh, he says they're grievous revolters. In fact, he called some of them cows in the Bible. They're the, the kind of Bashan, uh, he says they're just lazy cows. Uh, was, uh, was the terminology uh, that, God, uh, that God affectionately used uh, to describe his rebellious children. And uh, so grievous revolters, walking in slanders, they're brass and iron, they're all corruptors. The bellows are burned, the lead is consumed of the fire, the founder melteth in vain, for the wicked are not plucked away. Reprobate silver shall men call them, because the Lord hath rejected them. Now, um, Remember, all the Bible is written for us. All the Bible is not written to us. There's a, there's a specific analogy for the children of Israel uh, and, uh, and their worship and false worship uh, and what God is saying in his rejection of them. This is not a proof text uh, for losing your salvation. Uh, and uh, because we know that we can't, according to Scripture. And so since the Bible is clear elsewhere, we know that this rejection uh, has nothing to do with losing our salvation, but has plenty to do uh, with our works being tried by fire that we read about in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Wood, hay, stubble, uh, precious stones uh, were saved by fire. We're not lost, uh, but our, our works uh, are burnt up and we suffer loss in that way. Uh, and, and really a big takeaway uh, from this passage of Scripture and others is that we can make choices in our life uh, that will really render us um, useless uh, in the service for God. Um, just taking up space, uh, just not serving God. I think every Christian ought to think really hard about what else that they can do for God and for the right reason. How can I serve Him? Uh, what am I not doing that I need to do? What needs to be done? It, it could be everything from the call of God to ministry or uh, the, the surrender to God to serve Him in a Sunday school class or uh, to run on a, a bus route or sing in the choir uh, or mow the grass or whatever. Uh, what can I do uh, to serve God? And am I doing it uh, for the right reason? You can mow grass for the wrong reason. Uh, you can, uh, uh, and you can, you can preach for the wrong reason. 
So, uh, you know, even preachers uh, can, uh, can fall uh, short of what God's expectations are. So the fire burned in the crucible, uh, but the bronze of wickedness and the, uh, the iron of godlessness were not refined. Uh, it wasn't a refiner's fire. Uh, it was a, a fire that was meant to, to burn up and destroy uh, what he says uh, was reprobate silver uh, that was uh, to be uh, rejected. Uh, so the silver uh, was proved to be uh, spurious. It was, uh, it was uh, not clean. It was uh, thrown into this scrap heap. So Jeremiah's talk of silver in the end part of this passage of Scripture uh, had a spiritual point. Uh, they are called rejected silver because the Lord rejected them. God's people were supposed to be righteous, like pure silver. Uh, but even after they passed through this crucible of divine testing, uh, they proved to be nothing but dross uh, or, uh, or slag uh, of metallic waste. It's the stuff that you chip off and, dis- and destroy and set aside, uh, and, it's, and it's good for nothing. Uh, in fact, uh, I've talked about uh, or preached, uh, remember Jeremiah uh, and, uh, earlier on uh, in uh, this talked about um, uh, that he went, uh, and God said to get a girdle and take it and bury it in the, remember that story? Uh, and uh, so I preached the message, are you good for something or are you good for nothing? Uh, and, and when, if we are, because of our sin, because of our decision to, uh, to be lazy uh, in the service of God, our inability or unwillingness to volunteer, to live uh, as a living sacrifice and one week passes, and the next week passes, and pretty soon it's years uh, and decades. Uh, and, uh, and when we stand before God, uh, we're going we're gonna to suffer loss for all of that waste. Uh, God, didn't save, God didn't save me, and he didn't save you to sit in a church chair uh, for 50 years. That was, that's not the purpose. But do you realize that there are Christians in, in every church like ours that got born again? And they've been faithful to, to church and praise God for that. Uh, but they let everybody else do everything all those time. In fact, and many of them probably didn't even uh, participate uh, in, in the offering and the giving uh, of their local church. There's just this, this take uh, and consume and those impurities add up and they add up more. And, uh, and uh, many Christians uh, assume that they can have uh, Christ uh, in their heart and they themselves be in the world at the same time. But you can't do it. Um, you say, how, how do you know that? Let me just read a couple of verses to you real quick. The Bible says in Joshua 24, verse number 15, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Uh, you got to make a choice um, uh, of separating yourself. You're a peculiar people. Uh, God has separated you. There's a sanctification, a separation that God does in salvation, but there's a conscious choice of living as a sacrifice, a crucified life for him, uh, an exchange life uh, that he referenced at, uh, in uh, this passage, Jesus did uh, in the book of Matthew that I mentioned this morning about uh, but following him and finding rest, taking on his yoke. Uh, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. The scriptures talk about us having a single eye. Uh, and uh, in having our focus uh, on things above, uh, as our theme is for this year, uh, and not on the things of the earth. Uh, heavenly uh, thoughts. The Bible says this, no man can serve two masters. 
For either he will hate the one and love the other, else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Not, not you maybe can't, but you just can't do it. Think about this for a second uh, in your own mind. Don't call it out or whatever. Think about anything in your life that's ever competed with God for your love and for your attention, uh, for your affection. Um, and, and, uh, but, but when you finally think about that and prioritize, what, are, what or who are you always apologizing to? It's always God. Uh, you, you, don't, you don't go to your fishing boat uh, and, and say, I'm sorry I didn't spend enough time with you. You know, you don't. God always loses out. When you try to serve God and mammon uh, and there's a problem, uh, it's always because you're trying to do. You can't do it. Um, I don't care how smart you are. I don't, I don't care about your business acumen. Uh, I don't care if you think you're a multitasker and you just got everything figured out, a great planner. Uh, you can just uh, balance. You got many irons in the fire and you're good. No, you're terrible at it. And, and it's impossible for you to do it. You can't serve God uh, in mammon. Uh, you'll, uh, you'll love one and hate the other. Uh, he says in Luke 16, similarly so, no servant can serve two masters, for he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon. Uh, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, referenced it uh, by way of application already. Uh, the Bible says that we uh, are uh, to present our bodies a living sacrifice. Uh, we're, we're, we're dead to self. We've been bought with a price. We belong to him. We don't belong uh, to our own ideals, our own aspirations. We get mixed up with all that stuff. What does God say our purpose is in our life? Uh, what does God say the will of uh, his will uh, is for our life? What does that include? Are we doing that? Are we living that out in our life? Uh, there's a, a million ways that we could talk about that. Um, what about 2 Corinthians chapter number 6? Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Uh, and uh, for ye are the temple of living God. What agreement do they have? There is none. They don't, they don't, uh, you know, they don't go together. It's oil and water. Uh, it's a rhetorical question. The answer is no, there isn't. Uh, and uh, we, you know, what fellowship should righteousness have with unrighteous? None. Well, but you don't understand. I'm trying to, I'm trying to reach them with the gospel. Okay, that sounds like a valid reason, but it's not. You don't have any, you don't have any right to fellowship uh, with unrighteousness. You can, you can witness and, and be a testimony in a light and darkness, uh, but you're not supposed to be a partaker. You're supposed to flee ungodliness. Um, you know, uh, it's just, I mean, I, I can kind of, I, I know uh, when I, I, and I know that people are sincere and I've had people tell me, I just, I love this person and I'm just spending time with them. And I know that's what they think, uh, but I guarantee you 100% money back guarantee every single time uh, that that which is holy is always profaned by that which is unholy. That's the spiritual law. Uh, you'll never, your godliness will not rub off on them. Their ungodliness will rub off on you. 
Um, that is just the science of it. We need to believe the science. Follow, there's a science of that uh, and uh, a law of separation in the Bible that's very clear. And so if you uh, are just, you know, whatever, you're taking trips uh, and uh, vacationing with uh, and hanging around uh, people who are doing all kinds of ungodly things, um, don't brag about it. Uh, and uh, and, uh, and every, every so often, uh, as your pastor, I might say, hey, probably you probably shouldn't do that. You're trying to tell me uh, who, who should be my friend uh, and who shouldn't be my friend? No, the Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Um, you're not an exception to the rule. I'm not. I don't, I don't pal around uh, with people uh, who, are, who are doing all those things. Uh, and, you know, I'm a pastor. Um, you know, people are praying. I got lots of people that, are, that pray hedges about me and pray for me every single day uh, in the power of God, and I am no match uh, for the powers of darkness uh, when it comes to those things. So I'm just not going to do it. And, and my advice to you would be to not do it uh, either because there's no communion uh, that light has with darkness. Light dispels darkness. And, the, and by the way, the brighter your light shines... Um, the less people are going to want to involve you uh, in their shenanigans. All right? I don't have any, I don't have any friends. Well, if you, if you want to hang around godly people, there's probably a lot of people that hang around you. Uh, but if you're trying to go to, you know, uh, your, your coworkers know you go to work and read your Bible and go to church, they don't want to hang out with you at the bar. So they're not going to ask you to go. And, uh, and so maybe, maybe you're just uh, uh, too concerned over not having people uh, who are lost be your friends. Uh, and, uh, and you should be finding uh, your friends at church. All of God's people said, amen. amen. Bible says this, Be not therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but are now ye are light. Uh, in the Lord walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, Ephesians 5. Uh, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. First John 1, 6. Ye adulterers and, uh, and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Uh, and whosoever therefore be the friend of the world is the enemy of God? Those are all verses in the Bible. Uh, and and, and if, I, if, if, if I can be 100% transparent, there's a part of me that wishes they weren't in there. Uh, because uh, because I, there's a lot of people that I think you know, you know they're pretty they're pretty cool. I'd like to hang around with them, uh, and uh, but the Bible says that a friend of the world is an enemy of God. And as much as uh, you know, uh, they seem to be like a cool person to hang out with. I just can't do it. Uh, not because I'm better than them. That's not what I'm saying. It's not a condescension. Uh, it is. It's self-preservation in a lot of ways, for my own part, and to please God and to obey Him. Because God says to not even make provision for the flesh or to abstain from appearances of evil. Uh, and when, uh, uh, when, when I show up, I did this, this recently. Got invited to a place uh, and, uh, and uh, showed up. Uh, and, and people were drinking. There are a lot of Christians that, that, that feel like social drinking is okay. And, uh, and so I showed up. And, uh, and I noticed all of that, and I said, hey, it's nice to meet you, and it's good to meet you, and, and uh, I've got to get going. And I, and I know full well uh, that, um, that that probably wasn't uh, an acceptable decision 
uh, on them. And probably, I don't know if they talked about it after I left, and, or I tried to be as discreet as I can uh, and uh, just got into town and would have to say, uh, I just don't want to be around it. And, uh, and, that's, and so, uh, you know, leave. Uh, and, uh, and when you find your, sp- your place in those situations, don't just say, well, I'll just stay for a little while. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, on, and, I, and, I, and I know that leadership is influence, and I want to influence people uh, and, uh, for the Lord, and, uh, but um, there's just uh, um, something about uh, a Christian being a place where a Christian shouldn't be. Uh, that, that has never settled with me, and I just can't do it. Got to go. It's the Holy Spirit. You say, well, you shouldn't feel guilty, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, uh, uh, and Jesus sat with sinners. Uh, and we got, we got all kinds of verses we like to pop in there and quote and misapply. Uh, and, uh, but uh, guess what? I ain't Jesus, and you ain't Jesus. And, uh, and you, ain't, you don't have the power that he had. Uh, nor, the, nor the, uh, uh, the heart and mind and who he is. He is God. Uh, and so when you say, well, I'm going to do this because Jesus did it, uh, that's a premise. Uh, you know, we need to be like him, uh, but there's a lot of things that he did uh, that, uh, that we can't do because we don't have the spiritual power uh, to do things uh, that he does. So uh, many Christians assume they can have the best of both worlds. They want to mix the bronze of the devil and the iron of the world in with the pure silver of the word of God uh, and their fellowship with God. They think they can walk down the ancient path and the new road uh, at the same time and they end up mixing a little, uh, a little greed and pride and immorality and gluttony and idleness and worry and bitterness and selfishness in with their faith, hope, and love. Um, and, and God says, no. Uh, it's... Uh, uh, it's, it's useless, useless silver to be cast out, um, good for nothing. All those little impurities add up. Uh, a man said this, uh, and uh, his name, last name Kidner, he says, gives his final lab report on Jeremiah's testing of these metals. It says, it emerges that the people of Judah are not, so to speak, precious metal marred by some impurities, but base metal from which nothing worth of worth can be extracted. So, this passage of Jeremiah, again, not written to us, written for us, is a solemn warning for everybody who stands at a crossroads uh, with their spiritual life and wonders which road to choose. The only safe thing to do uh, is to walk in the way uh, of Christ alone. That's it. Uh, and uh, for someday, uh, Christ himself is going to come uh, and uh, and it's going to cause every single thing that we do, every idle word, everything we've said, to pass through his crucible. He's the refiner. Uh, and, uh, but the scriptures say, but who, uh, I'll read this passage and we'll be done. Malachi chapter number three, uh, verses two and three. The Bible says, but who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. And he shall sit as refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. God the righteous judge is the one that we're going to stand before. And we're not going to be judged by the opinions of our fellow church members or by the Baptist fellowship or by a neighboring pastor or the Christian 
friend that you have that just thinks um, you're a little bit uh, goofy uh, for going to church on Sunday night uh, or Wednesday night, especially Wednesday, ooh, you weirdo. Um, you don't need to do that. I uh, have, uh, a long time ago, uh, have uh, figured out or have grown to the place where I don't need to go to church every time the church doors are open. Well, bless your soul. <laughs> I just haven't got there yet. I'm glad that you've arrived. And, uh, and so uh, you need, uh, it, tr- honestly, you need, tr- you need church every day of the week, Amen. twice a day, three times a day. Uh, and, uh, and, and we'd still be messed up. So it's God's word. It's his path. It's his way. Uh, and, and that's the plumb line. That's the measure. That's the standard. And, uh, and, uh, and we can parse words and talk about gray areas and, and, uh, and twist up Christian liberty uh, in, in pretzels. Uh, and it all comes down to, you know, but the Bible says. And, uh, and, and, and at that point, it's like a lot of times like, yeah, but I know. It's a, and, and, and I have had a lot of people uh, in my life, preachers, um, church members, um, uh, Christians, uh, people I know uh, that no longer play with me, I guess. I can put it that way. Um, because, because they want to argue stuff. And I'm like, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but this is what the Bible says. And they, they're like, well, but I'm like, but that's what the Bible says. Well, you just need to be a little bit more open-minded. I'm as open-minded as the Bible says. And, and I get it. I mean, I've, I've, talked, with, um, I've talked with ladies that, that uh, their husbands are such rascals that if they just you know, put a pillow over their face and send them off into eternity, I would completely understand. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I would get it. In, in, in the recesses of my mind, I'd be like, right on, sister. But, but I know what the truth and what right is, right? It's not that I don't understand or feel what people are going through. I mean, I get it. I understand it. But we've got to obey God, and we've got to do right. And, and if, when that goes against all of your inclinations uh, and, and, you know, whatever, you've got to get your inclinations under control and, and abide in his word and obey him and follow him, even if it's not cheerful, even if you don't like it, uh, even if it hurts to do it, it's always right to do right. And so he says, here's the crossroad. You're going to do right and serve me or you're not. Uh, one's a way of blessing, one's a way of full, full on cursing uh, from God. Uh, and one, one can make you uh, a well done, uh, thou good and faithful servant. And the other one can make you dross in, in just metal that's just set aside, useless reprobate silver. Uh, and, uh, and I just don't, you know, I don't want to be thrown in that pile as a Christian. I want to be useful with my life. The only way for that to happen is to do my Christianity, to live my faith in a biblical way uh, and uh, to set my opinions aside. Uh, and even if I feel they're a good one uh, and, and, and obey the word of God. Let's all stand. Uh, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed tonight.